Hi, folks, and welcome back to the Cyclocross Magazine podcast. My name is Zach Schuster, and my guest today is Sonny Gilbert. You may remember Gilbert from such finishes as her silver medal at Louisville Nationals two weeks ago. Gilbert used her riding and running skills to come back and take over second late in the race. Her skill running through the thick mud was not that much of a surprise since she is, after all, the run for funner. You'll have to listen on to find out if she's planning on changing her name to Run for Silver in the future. Gilbert's finish was also a fortuitous one for this podcast because I was hoping to chat with her post-nationals even before her impressive second place finish. Gilbert is one of the most positive people in the U.S. cyclocross scene, and she's always a strong supporter of those folks putting out cyclocross hashtag content. I hope you enjoy my conversation with the run for funner herself, Sunny Gilbert. Sunny Gilbert, uh, I I heard you had a big day on Sunday. Is that true? Uh, yeah, Sunday, Sunday. It feels so long ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're sitting here on Wednesday. Like, have you been just repeatedly pinching yourself uh, this week? Yeah, yeah. I find myself smiling just unconsciously. And then I'm sure my coworkers kind of look at me like, what is she smiling about? <laughs> but yeah, it hasn't sunk in. It really hasn't. I, uh, you know, I was very much in the moment on Sunday and even, even afterward, you know, having everybody there and just one after the other, you know, friendly faces that I, you know, recognize and that we have this shared joy of cyclocross and to get to experience that with them. It was, it was unreal. So you were, you were kind of joking on Twitter. We posted how I think, what was it? Nine out of like, we had like 350 people who entered our fantasy contest. Picked yeah, you. See, I, I wondered how many people I was going to joke. I was like, wow, out of 10, that's awesome. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> But like, so, so heading into the race, you know, what, like, what did you think your ceiling was? What were your expectations? And, you know, deep down that you wouldn't admit to anyone, but like Doug, you know, what did you, what did you think you could do? Uh, I didn't even admit it to Doug. <laughs> you know, I, after the Ruts and Guts race, after racing the, you know, the double weekend, the C1, C2 against Katie Klaus and Clara, you know, and being right there in the mix with them and knowing that, you know, those two women are on the top of their game right now. And I was right there. I left that weekend in Tulsa thinking I have a serious shot of actually achieving my goal, which was top five, top five at nationals. And, you know, it was hard not to notice some of the conditions um, starting to happen. But, you know, this was very much a, a dry um, you know, fastish, mostly bike riding race up until Friday morning. <laughs> and, you know, we were driving, um, from St. Louis to Louisville and I was starting to see the reports and I was like, Doug, this is really turning into a running race. And he goes, well, it's a good thing you like running. And I was like, yeah, but not in my bike shoes. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I just, you take the conditions as they are, as they come. And that's one of the things I very much love about cyclocross is that, you know, you're getting out there and, and it's, 
there's expectation that you will have to get off your bike at some point and run it or ride something that is really going to challenge you. I mean, that downhill after pit one, I think challenged every single woman on that course that day. And, uh, you know, yeah, I did. I think I had a little legitimate shot. I always think I do, but you know, front row start, you know, taking it hard off the line and then, you know, kind of going down in the first couple of corners. I was like, okay, <laughs> I got that over with. Now let's race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you mentioned the running. Uh, any thoughts? Are you going to be changing your Twitter handle to, to run for silver uh, instead of run for funner? <laughs> it should, just for a day, right? Uh, no, no, I'm not because I got a lot more followers from you know over the weekend i don't i don't want to go back to where no one can find me because i'm I'm quite punny on twitter <laughs> yeah well i mean when you've got a yeah. brand you, when you've got a brand you don't want to mess with that uh, yeah. so i guess you should probably stick with it so um after the race <laughs> you kind of mentioned i was like oh you must have had so much fun and you said really the race was not not the most fun it, it was not it was hard it was very aggressive um, you know, I, uh, you know, very challenging the, the, tr just when you were on your bike, there was always the danger that you were going to crash off your bike. And then when you were running, I mean, a couple of you know, women were like, you know, talking about their ankles at the end of that race. And I said, yeah, you know, I mean, we were running in stiff shouldered shoes on, uh, you know, in on basically the worst kind of potholes. <laughs> <laughs> weird thing let's just say that very weird things hurt on monday morning yeah <laughs> i think a thing that we we saw is that you know this course i mean there were a lot of really excellent athletes who were just totally humbled uh by that course you know and we saw one thing that you excelled especially because of your running so you know do you you obviously have come from a running background do you still run and you know, since you've spent some time in Europe too, do you specifically prepare for those kinds of conditions? You know, it's it's a little bit more focused than that. So I really don't run for mileage during the season. Um, you know, my total mileage is somewhere around eight to ten miles a week. Um, but there, the things that I practice are, you know, running upstairs, running up hills, running on trail. So those eight to 10 miles are almost all on trail if I can get to it. Um, running with the bike, jumping on and off the bike. I mean, you'll, you'll notice there was a, um, you know, one of the things you had to be really good about was jumping off your bike, taking 10 steps and jumping back on. So I was very athletic. It was that part was actually very fun um, of the race. So which part was not fun? <laughs> it was not fun. Uh, you know that that one little kicker uphill onto the pavement before you get to kind of the off camber and the limestone steps. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> that that was not fun. <laughs> that part. <laughs> well, they um they cut to the live stream and there were um people that were behind you 
and you know it happened both in your race and in the men's race you know people who are literally in the top 10 just kind of like getting to that and walking like it just looked brutal <laughs> yeah it was you know my my shoes started to come loose um and you know i could feel the mud just trying to pull my shoes off and so i had to change my stride a little bit to get up that and and yeah you looked like you were walking yeah. <laughs> it looked like people were holding onto your ankles like <laughs> little midgets in the mud. <laughs> the uh the ankle gnomes. I, I don't know I don't know what those are, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it uh I I I'm sure I'm sure that I took a few walking steps up that thing. So it happened it happened to to even people who finished second. Yeah. <laughs> on there yeah so i thought it'd be oh sorry um i thought it'd be fun to just kind of like walk through the race because uh, there was just so much going on so you got off to a really good start you were top five you know i think the the first time uh hitting you know limestone steps or whatever w were you thinking anything at that point <laughs> besides just trying to keep your bike upright you know zach there was a lot of drama that happened before that point so you know there's a the whole first probably third of that loop was, was mostly riding. Right. And so you had to come off this pavement straight away into this huge mud puddle um, and then try to find a line in the tape. And, you know, women were kind of going every which way, just trying to continue forward motion. Unfortunately, um, Katie Compton and I actually bumped um, and I uh, got the short end of that stick and went down in the second corner. So I had, uh, and then, and then, uh, Gina, um, uh, leg actually ran over my hand. What? Are you yeah. Wow. Yeah. And later I didn't even know. And later she's like, I think I ran over your hand. I'm so sorry. And I was like, I didn't even know. And then someone actually got a picture of it on Twitter and like full on, you can see my hand up glove, like on both sides of her wheel. <laughs> underneath it in the mud while I'm trying to like grab my bike and you know, get back on it. <laughs> so, oh, <wow. laughs> so, you know, there was some drama before, you know, those limestone steps. I, you know, I got back on the bike and I just started making my way through the field, you know, jumping on and off when I could, um, did the, what they were calling the keyhole. And, you know, by the time, um, we got to the sand pit. Yeah, I was back in the top 10. And by the time came around to pit one, I think I might have been seventh by then. So, you know, Doug was none the wiser. He had no idea. I came into pit and he's like, go get it, babe. You're doing awesome. <laughs> You're like, oh, Doug, you don't even know. <laughs> but, you know, what was super key was having a clean bike on that first descent. So, you know, having a clean bike, I was really able to kind of rail it and, and, you know, try to hold my line as best I could. And, um, you know, yeah, um, we came around and, and hit those steps and, and I realized just how much running there was going to be. And I was like, all right, this is what it's going to be. Um, and really it was, you know, um, managing the bike because it was super heavy with the mud. I mean, just almost immediately, uh, it got heavy. Um, and so it, it was actually kind of funny because I would run into the pits carrying this crazy, muddy, heavy bike. And I would hand it off to Doug and he would actually hand me up the bike so I could shoulder it right away. And and it it really was this 
literally a giant weight off my shoulders. I I would sprint out of the pits because you know, my bike weighed like ten pounds <laughs> less. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Ellen Noble kind of said the same thing after we talked to her after the race. She's like, I didn't know a bike could be that light (laughs) going from the mud to, you know, a new carbon carbon frame with no mud. So we we talked a lot. Obviously, you know, your running was front and center, but save one, I believe, one somersault. You rode really well. Uh, It seems like you really had that that descent dialed in and, uh, you know, the the other parts where you're obviously feeling really good huh, about how you rode for those brief moments that you were actually on the bike? Yeah, well, you know, I, in pre-ride, I never actually did an entire lap. Uh, I really just on on Friday, or not on Friday, on Saturday, and then Sunday morning, I just went to the sections that I knew would be mostly rideable, and I just practiced riding them. So that starting straight all the way to the keyhole, um, I did that probably three or four times. I I sent it down that hill, um Similar, similar, about three or four times, you know, through um, on Saturday and then again on Sunday just to see how it was riding. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty stoked. I was actually pretty stoked. I did I did have a couple of uh, close calls on the last lap. Yeah, I, I actually got stuck in a rut and it put my wheel right on the wrong side of a stake and it, it flipped me. I somersaulted through the air, landed flat on my back you know, facing the wrong way. I, and, and my first thought was, I'm okay. I'm okay. Where's the bike? Let's go get the bike. (laughs) So also on, you know, those, those power straights, uh, is that also, you know, a skill that you work on? Cause I think we saw where it was like super low cadence, you know, high power. Is that something that you incorporate into your training as well? Yes. Yeah. So we do a lot of over driving just because, you know, I got, I got long legs. I got to use them. We got long femurs. <laughs> There's a lot of torque there <laughs> to use physics. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, Isaiah is really good about uh, having a very well-rounded approach. Like we don't think about necessarily court, like specific courses, but more just how to layer on, um, you know, layer on skills, layer on strength, um, on and off the bike. So there's, there's a lot of that. Um, the power straights, I think that, um, you know, it is, uh, it is an advantage of mine just cause I can, you know, I, I can actually dismount my bike by sliding off the back of it. Like that's how long my legs are. So I, <laughs> I can get pretty far back and just bike drive that bike through that stuff. So then, uh, you first lap, you, I think you were like already up to like fourth or you were up to fourth, I think. Yeah, I was, I didn't make contact. I hadn't, I, I could see the gaps ahead of me. I couldn't see Katie Compton. She was just amazing. Um, but I could see Ellen. I could see Rebecca. Um, I could see Rebecca like fighting to get up to Ellen. And I thought, you know, if I could just grab that train, uh, I could, I could ride it up there. Um, and so the first, yeah, so by the end of the first lap, um, I was in fourth, but I was still a bit back. Yeah. So then how did you, you know, how did you end up making that bridge? Because I think, 
How many laps did do you guys do? Five laps? Four. In your race? They gave us four, four so laps. Okay. So yeah, so you bridged up and it was probably you were getting pretty close by the end of the second lap, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. I made contact and then I I fell back. Um I forget where. I think I ran a section and uh I got popped off my bike and was forced to run a section um on the second on the second lap and both Rebecca and Ellen so that was the where they gave us the grass line on the uphill right before pit two. Um and I got I got popped off my bike so I had to run it and I think halfway up Becca actually got popped off her bike as well, but Ellen was able to get all the way up it and so then the gaps kind of reopened there. Um but then like you said, you know, right after the finish line I just dug in my heels and and you know, hammered through that, that thick mud right before the keyhole and, you know, made contact again um, at the very beginning of the third lap. Yeah, so I guess that's really when the uh, when the party started, uh, when things started to get really crazy. And right before, it was before that, that gnarly, that little uh, kicker that you hated. Uh, you know, it was the perfect shot. I was admittedly staying out of the mud and watching on the live stream in the media room, but you could just see you just sprint past that was, everybody. That was, I was and, sprinting, by the way. That was that. Okay. That was sprinting. That is me. It takes a couple of steps to get up to speed, but yeah, I decided that at that moment that I was going to um, really just I was all in. And I knew some running was coming and I knew uh, there was a technical section so that, you know, that, uh, the drop, um, you know, after the line some steps, I was riding that really well. And I thought, you know, this is, this is where I, I maybe get away. And, uh, and it worked sort of. <laughs> I, Ellen came back to me twice. I mean, she, did. she, she was, she was on fire and, and just, you know, we were both, you know, just on, on, on the rails. Yeah, I think she deserves a lot of credit because you picked up, like, I counted, it was like 15 seconds by the time you were at the top of the stairs. Like, you know, you had picked up a ton of time and and she bridged back to you uh, by the end of, you know, that last climb. I was like, wow, that was, that was impressive. (laughs) Yeah, we, uh, I have this park near me that has uh, this hundred steps climb up to a bluff and uh i've definitely been known to grab my bike on a on a ride and run up that much to the chagrin of the hikers (laughs) (laughs) so i was just like channeling that like feeling (laughs) so one thing that was really cool was uh you had a ton of support and they even noted you know on the live stream i think brad soner might have called you the people's champion or something like that uh what was that like just having so many people screaming for you especially in those last couple laps you know i just figured they were excited because you know katie was so up ahead and i was just the next person coming um but really on the last lap i started to look into the faces of the people and you know, I, I saw, um, you know, Dan of Grimper Brothers in his, in his snowman suit. And, you know, it was hysterical. I saw, um, who else, who else say, oh, a bunch of folks from St. Louis on the sidelines on, on one of the descents. I saw my friend Ryan Hobbs from Texas who, you know, is involved in the, in the Texas syndicate down there. And I, it was funny because, you know, until that moment, I, I wasn't, 
really paying attention to the crowd so much. I was just like so focused on my race. And I think that even though it wasn't locked up, like I didn't feel like I had second place locked up until really after I cleared the barriers on the last lap and I hit the pavement. Um, I think I was sort of celebrating a little bit and just, you know, mutual celebration. So it was really cool to have, have, you know, to have them enjoy something that I love doing so much. Well, and you were, you already, you had achieved your goal, right? Like yeah. you were pretty much guaranteed to be in the top five by that point. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know if, uh, so just to look back at my results this year, the number of times that I finished fourth, uh, is sort of disappointing. And I, I, it, it, as we were coming around in the second lap, it was Ellen and, and Becca and I were to get, I'd made contact right at the bottom of the stairs at the flyover. And I, I remember very distinctly grabbing my bike and sentence that popped into my head was, I will not get fourth today. So I was, I was literally going to turn myself out. I was going to blow up trying to get on the podium or I was going to, you know, really just, um, crawl all across the finish line. Fortunately, so you didn't I'm have to do that. Really glad it was the first one. <laughs> really glad. So it, it it's funny you mention that because the way the course was set up, pretty much everyone all week was like, you know, when the rain started on Friday, it was like I had zero time to enjoy this. You know, it was like once you cleared pit two uh, and got through that mud, you know, there was that paved stretch and then the barriers so it's like it seems like that's when you you could enjoy it a bit so interesting that you know that you also agree with pretty much everyone else who raced this week yeah yeah it was uh it was pretty awesome I came around I hit the pavement I saw everybody you know we had their hands out I saw the finish line and and also you know the confetti from the confetti cannon that Katie got was hysterical and and you know I, I started to like you know stick out my arm for high fives and I was like no wait must must look and make sure Ellen where Ellen is. So so I think on the video feed you actually see me like looking back, just like, are, are we clear? <laughs> that was not going to happen. <laughs> yeah yeah, that's funny. I mean, we were all I you know it, that's one of the things that's so great about the U.S. Right, is that everybody else gets to ride the same course too, right? So they know exactly what you're experiencing. Yeah, so that's that's a good point. I'll ask you maybe a little bit more pointed question, but you know, one thing that came up was how much of the course was not rideable uh, because of the previous races, and we saw where they at least opened up a couple parts. You know, so do you feel that they should have opened up more? That they should have ran a separate course? What are your thoughts on you know how that should be approached? You know, I, it's hard to do. Um, you know, cyclocross in the U.S. is very much uh, a participation sport. Um, you know, it'd be great to have, you know, a pristine course that we could carve in the lines on. Um, but I don't think that's what cyclocross is in the U.S. And I, um, I'm i very excited that, you know, I can actually tell people, hey, you should come race this cyclocross race um, and, you know, see what it's like and, and pick up your bike over the barriers and try this crazy off-camber thing. And, um so do I, you know, would I have liked to have a course that had more biking on it? Sure. You know, that's kind of, you know, what I love about the sport. But I think you you have to consider, you know, 
the nature of our sport and what we love about it and, you know, how it's a bit of a differentiator for us. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And I think, uh, and this is going to be a bit of a setup, but um, so we had, just to, to get to my question, but um, we had uh, Holly Levesser who won the 35 to 39 race. Uh, she likes to wear knee-high socks. And so she was really concerned because she read about the new UCI rule. She's like, guys, are they going to like, are they going to, you know, what rule, you know, are they going to let me do this? And we're like, I, I think you're good. And so my thing yeah. was, well, we have this entire archive of photos from Nationals past. I'm like, I'm going to go find all these, you know, uh, people who are wearing so first I find some dudes from last year wearing like compression socks and it was like 2014 and there's a picture of you with like knee high I don't know what kind of socks they were and I was like oh we're good Sonny Gilbert you know she did it she won a national championship as a master's racer I'm like Holly you're good yeah I think that was my last season of tall socks <laughs> Because, you know, the very next year, I started, you know, after after that, I, I was sort of fully committed to racing, you know, as an elite um, and not, you know, sort of bridging Masters Elite. And, and I remember very distinctly, I, I was at Cincy and I was wearing my tall socks and one of my competitors came up to me and she goes, are they going to disqualify you for your tall socks? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That is the craziest thing. Why would they do that? And she's like, well, there's this rule. And I was like, what? Why would there be a rule? So then I go and I look it up and I was like, I'll be damned. There's a rule. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> so then, you know, I had to switch to the short socks. And then all of my, you know, all my cyclocross buddies in Oregon and St. Louis are like, you're not wearing tall socks anymore. That was like your thing. And I was like, I know my socks are too short. Terrible. But you know why I started wearing them? Because in Oregon, I could never fit, quite figure out how to, um, I was very new at the sport. And I hadn't quite figured out the mechanics of hopping on and off the bike and not flipping your pedal into your shin. And so, so almost every other race I did, I would flip my pedals into my shins. And I thought, you know what, I'll just wear tall socks. And if I flip my pedals into my shin, at least there'll be a little padding and no one will know. And it also hide all the bruises and the cuts from previous races. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So there was a lot of thought behind behind the high socks. It wasn't just it wasn't just a they were they, I, they were a performance piece of equipment. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Now well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have to ask Holly. She wears them to stay warm, you know, because we're in Wisconsin, and so usually she has to wear them to to keep her legs warm because it's so bloody cold well, here. That's so the ridiculous thing, right? If you're wearing leg warmers, no one can tell if you, how tall your socks are. <laughs> well, and that was what I was gonna say. I was like, wait, wait, people wear leg warmers. Like, what if you what if you just wear them over the leg? I mean, what's wrong with that? You're wearing leg warmers, you know, or you have you have tights on. Mm -hmm. like, and there's really no aerodynamic advantage to having tall socks. <laughs> so i guess the the other part of my setup though so you you know you were a master's champ i i think you people have to look at your story and just say that like holy crud like this is what cyclocross in the u.s is about you were a master's national champion you step up you race elites you got top 10 at hartford that was pretty cool and then you freaking finished second like i mean have you thought about just how incredible this journey you've been on is uh yeah, my uh, 
I have a little bit. My coach commented to me halfway through the season. He goes, you know, I keep thinking that I'm going to have this conversation with you. Like, well, you've, you've done really good up until now. And, you know, you know, maybe you've just sort of hit your ceiling. He's like, but I, I can't have that conversation with you yet because <laughs> you, you haven't yet hit your ceiling. And, uh, yeah, it is, it is crazy to kind of just look at the last progression of the seven years and just to see that it it always, you know, with the exception of last year's nationals, I think, you know, multiple mechanicals and flats was a little bit disappointing how that finished. Um, But, you know, it has been just this every year getting a little bit better. And that's not to say the competition in the women's field has improved so dramatically in the U.S., since I started racing. That I think is the biggest testament um, for me is to see everybody else just, you know, stepping up their game and go getting on the world stage and, you know, being ranked in the top 10 and hitting world podiums. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I look at like, you know, with you, you know, last year, I mean, you had a very good year, but we looked at like major Taylor. (laughs) It's funny. We looked back. at major taylor and we're like oh a giant running race sunny did really well um but yeah i think this year you like you were a threat to podium at every race you were at you know like looking at you not being at pan ams it was like well there's a person who could have podium that wasn't there maybe but... uh, so i think that you're 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 constantly you're still you. improving thank you yeah well you know what i was doing pan ams weekend right <laughs> uh i don't i was looking for a new place to live in boulder colorado <laughs> Are you yeah. serious? I, I gotta, well, I know you moved, so tell me what's up with your. I mean, are you still Dr. Gilbert? I, a I new am. Position in Boulder? Yeah, I am a alliance manager for Archer DX, which is a companion diagnostic company, and they're growing. And I had reached out to them in July, um, you know, about an opportunity to work for them, and we just kept the kind of conversation going. And then it, it in November, it happened. So, you know, they reached out and said, um, we'd like to talk to you about an open position and, you know, opportunity, you cannot pick when opportunity knocks. You really can't. And I jumped at it. Um, we're very excited to, um, you know, be relocating to Colorado. We've got a lot of friends, um, here because I went to graduate school at CU Boulder and it, uh, it's a new chapter. Very, very exciting new chapter. Um, it's a little challenging because, you know, we're closing on our house right now and the movers come back up our stuff on January 14th. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's, so there's some things happening, but you know, we're going to, we're going to go to Europe. Doug and I are going to go to Europe uh, on Christmas Eve and we're going to go do, I think, four races there, including the Zolder World Cup and, you know, really put an exclamation point on the season. What's well, exciting? Well, and then I mean, probably worlds are coming up too. I, that's right at the beginning of February. Yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah, that's kind of an open conversation. That's uh, you know, I that's that's one thing we actually have to consider about the race last weekend too. Is that you know, I very much with my coach, we were like, I am going to peak for nationals. Um, and oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is a little bit later because nationals is 
seems like it's probably a little bit easier to blend a peek in for Definitely. like gnats and then carry it over through worlds. Yeah, every every woman, every man, every every guy who is in this position was like, well, do I do I, you know, peek for nationals? Do I peek for world championships, which are six weeks later? Do I try to carry a peak that long, which is actually very difficult? Um, you know, it, it's uh, it was a it was a real balance. Um, it was a real, con- it was a very real conversation in June, believe it or not. So since you've, uh, you know, I think we saw, I would say that we saw where moving it to December, you know, the amateurs really responded really well. Uh, attendance was pretty solid in a lot of our master's fields, but as a, now that you're a professional, how do you feel about the move to December? It, it really shortened up the season. So in the past few years, what I've been able to do is take a little bit of a break mid-season and so stay fresh. And the challenge was, um, you know, to continue to build, you know, for, for that four months without, without really taking, um, you know, a break. I think I let, um, I actually did take a five days off the bike. Um, but it was actually between two races. So I did a race weekend. I took five days off the bike. I did a race weekend. Um, and that was really the only way we could work it. And I, I'd actually be very curious to know what some of the other elites did, um, how they're, you know, how they managed that with their training. Cause it was a very, I mean, having nationals in December really shortened, shortened that time up, but I loved it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I love yeah. the fact that that attendance was so strong and that, that I, you know, I got to see so many friends and so many people made the trip to nationals. Yeah, actually, I, I guess that is an interesting question. I wonder, you know, I wonder to the extent to which Hyde actually benefited. You know, they always talk about, like, watch out for the person who gets injured in the middle of a season. So, you know, I wonder if that played into it because it was so short. It came up and I was like, even us were like, oh, my gosh, like, we're going to nationals. This is crazy. Like, yeah. Did the season just start like yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately it was Steven. He missed a lot of really great racing. But yeah, how much did it maybe benefit him that he was able to, you know, kind of kind of uh regroup, take a little bit of a rest and then come on strong? I mean I, I actually even even if he had had a full season, I, I would have probably picked him to win in uh the Cyclocross magazine fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what <laughs> he's just such a competitor but, yeah. so in in all honesty if you had entered uh what would your what would your fantasy top five had been for the women's race oh a hundred percent katie katie and ellen <laughs> okay so then you would have been fourth or fifth uh you know i so I don't know if you know, so Rebecca Ferringer and I have been going back and forth a lot this this season, and we've had you know finishes where you know I I did a bike throw and managed to managed to beat her, and I I was actually really excited. Um, it would have been really exciting because I, I we probably would have been a lot closer and and really um, hanging it all out there for fourth and fifth, I think. Yeah, that was at DCCX, right? I was just going to bring that up that you guys were like you guys were duking it out from like the first weekend of the season, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we were duking it out a couple of years ago, too. It's just further back in the field. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> you and Rebecca can't escape each other. So, well, now that you're on the podium, I mean, she had unquestionably the best season of her career and finished, you know, that was an incredible I ride slash run. I can't really call it a ride at Louisville. She had a, a ride slash run, an incredible one uh, at Louisville, and it's really exciting to see how much she's growing as an athlete. Yeah, she's uh, she's just going to keep getting better. So then, one last thing. I I think I saw a picture of you. Uh, you know, you're on the podium. You're hugging Katie Compton. Yeah. Like, just how fucking cool was that? <laughs> I'm never gonna wash that jersey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, I I pretty much hero worship Katie. I um stood in line at my first I think it was my second nationals. Um I stood in line uh to get her autograph and take a picture with her. And I still have the picture. Like that's when I actually had a camera with film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guess that dates that dates how long? Uh, you, <laughs> yeah. So this was this was when you were when you were a masters racer though, right? Not your second professional nationals. So it used to be right that um, you could race both the masters and the pro field, um, and there wasn't that whole UCI points thing. And so what I would always do is I'd go and I'd race my baby masters class. Um, so when I started, it was thirty thirty four, and then I would jump into the elite race just to see. There was one year. My call-up was 96. Yeah. Yeah, that was in Bend. As, and But it was, what was amazing was you got to go and you, you know, have all those people around you racing and actually see just how fast, you know, the elite women were and where you needed to go if you wanted to be up there. And um, my, my one claim to fame is I, I don't think I've ever been pulled in a in a elite uh, national. Well, that's impressive yeah, because I mean, Katie Compton. Now. Yeah, I mean Katie Compton has put you know she's always on the front and putting in these incredible races. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was close one year. Not gonna lie, but. <laughs> So looking looking at nationals, it's I mean it's hard not like as a fan as a journalist hard not to be in awe of what you know Katie accomplished. But you know as a fellow rider finishing second to her, you know what's it like racing with her and getting I guess the chance to you know stand on the podium and I guess be in her presence as you said. She's you know the best part is she's just so chill. She's so down to earth. She's you know it's. If you ever, you know, get a chance to talk to her, she's just like, yeah, you know, we're going to be doing some racing today. Hope it goes well. (laughs) 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 And I've tried to channel that, too, you know, in my own racing. Well, and one thing that Ellen said after you, uh, after the race, is that you were actually encouraging her uh, when you were, you were racing against her? Yeah, I just can't really help myself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of this natural athletic supporter slash super fan of athletic performance. And, uh, you know, it just, it, I wanted to give her a little encouragement. She was, you know, she was up there on on the podium. We were racing and, 
And, you know, I just was like, let's go, let's go, Ellen. <laughs> um, you know, if you talk to Claire Hansier, I, I talked to her during Reds and Guts. Um, you know, I'll shout out some, some encouragement to pretty much anybody I think needs it. I, uh, I was out during the men's single speed race, um, giving, uh, giving some, some, some pointers to the men. I think I got a smile from Grant Holicky. but yeah yeah i just i just want to see people you know i want to see people compete and perform to their best and and encourage that in any way i possibly can well i'd have to say i mean even before uh sunday i would have definitely listened if you were you were telling me what to do uh although you'd probably be telling me to run faster i'd be like i can't i need to train more (laughs) (laughs) then i would get more specific right because because then you would say, no, you need to pick up your knees a little higher. <laughs> oh, wow. Maybe, wow. So maybe, there's maybe some... roll your shoulders back. You know, your shoulders are, are really, you know, high and very stressed. <laughs> wow. So, uh, man, so there might be some coaching in your future. Huh? I've done it. I've actually coached in the past. I catch, I coached for uh, 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 my friend Scott Fliegelman used to have this um, company called Fast Forward Sports where he would get, you know, runners. Um, of all levels and he would focus them on one race. And so I think he started with like the Boulder Boulder and I was one of his first coaches. I coached the, the forward group because there were like three groups. It was fast forward and fun. Um, and so, you know, I had like 20 athletes of, you know, ranging from mid twenties all the way up into early sixties. And we would go out once a week and we'd run and they'd have questions that ran the gamut. From, hey, I've got this weird dot, 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 to how do I run faster? (laughs) For general, right? Well, let me tell you. Well, if you practice running faster, you would run faster. (laughs) Wow. Man, I, man. (laughs) So if you want to be faster at riding your bike, let me throw this out there. Ride your bike. Yeah. one point it's it's kind of obvious but you know sometimes (laughs) yeah it would be fun to coach i think it really would but um yeah one end of the thing (laughs) for the time being it looks like you have some more racing uh left to do and improvement left to go so maybe a few years before you have to maybe start thinking about that because uh (laughs) Uh, it seems like you're still you still have the uh, the best days of your cyclocross career ahead of you. Yeah, so. I do. I'm do. I am super stoked for cursed period in Belgium. Four more races on the calendar. Some of my favorites. I'm actually doing Sven Nice for the first time. Um, so we're actually extending our trip by a day so that I can do that on um, New Year's Day. Um, super super stoked about that. Um, and then it's you know it's get home. It's clean clean all the mud off and uh, start start laying the groundwork for next year. Got some exciting things um, in the hopper, but mum's the word. Ooh, well, we will be eagerly anticipating hearing about it. Uh, is there is there a new T-shirt this year? You know, I there's not yet. I actually did reopen the Jusakin Jinja Court shirt because mostly because I realized that mine had a hole in it, so I need to order a new one. Um, <laughs> I did have one. You know, it's really funny that Nationals ended up the way it was because um, it turns out that Dutch for, I think it's run your bike, 
um, is a really nice thing on a, on a t-shirt. And so I might, I might, I might make another one. I, I have a, I have a mock-up, but we'll see. We'll see. I'll let you know. I'll send you the link if I do. Perfect. Yeah, that that's perfect. Uh, and then I guess one last question. Um, you, know, you talked about going over, well, after the race, you talked about, you know, one of your MVPs was Doug, your husband, partner, mechanic, and all that fun stuff. Um it seems like you guys have a really awesome relationship. What it's what is it like, you know, working with him <laughs> while you're you're trudging through the mud, he's cleaning your bikes, you know, how is that rider mechanic partner uh relationship? Uh, you got to love it. We both love um the roles that we play. Uh Doug started taking a really active role um you know, in the pit probably I don't know 4 or 5 years ago. Um, we only got married like two years ago. So we were, we were living together before that. But, you know, the communication, it's, I know it's terrible and super cliche, but it's kind of like a marriage. Like even after the race, um, you know, his friend Oscar was asking me, he's like, well, how did, you know, how did the pit go? Did, was there anything, you know, we need to work on? And I was like, well, there was one thing. And he's like, don't tell Doug yet. <laughs> 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 but you know we we always do kind of a debrief and but you know a lot of it we've been working together now so many races I mean over 20 races a season that you know we now just we have everything kind of dialed and you just you know you just communicate no one really gets their feelings hurt and um you just keep uh you know keep improving this year we added a couple of um things not to um, the pit per se, but, um, actually our warm up setup. So we finally bought our own power washer, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was kind of like, you know, when the Amazon box with our power washer showed up at the beginning of the season, I was like, see, see, now we're pro. We have our own power washer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could make that argument for sure. <laughs> But, you know, when, so, like we, we came to this race and, um, the Rage Cycling team out of, um, out of Louisville, Colorado is supported by Van Dessel and they had showed up with a trailer and power washers and heaters and tents and everything. So they made, they made this year's national so easy. Um, you know, aside from the actual like racing, um, this year's nationals was really dialed. Well, cool. And has Doug finally cleaned all the mud off? Oh man, he had that stuff washed off Monday morning. We got, we pulled in around, well, okay. So we pulled in at like 9.30 to St. Louis, but then when we picked up our dog with our friends, we had to, you know, do some celebrating. So we didn't actually get home until like midnight. (laughs) But, (laughs) But yeah, he was, he was out on the front lawn power washing all the mud and getting the bikes ready to go you had to fix a flat because i mean we got we got we had six days where we had to pack up and get on a plane for uh for europe so yeah all the mud is washed off now when i came back from austin two years ago it did take me about five months to get austin mud off my bike oh, yeah wow. i was <laughs> we were just tired <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we we treat him much better this this time around. <laughs> yeah, 
Awesome. Well, uh, good luck over curse period. Uh, congratulations uh, on your incredible finish. I have to admit, like, um, I really appreciate that. I think uh, you are a supporter of what the you know, cyclocross media, which is basically us and Bill Shiken do. Um, but I think that you, you know, you bring a positive uh, uh, sense to that. So I was like, oh, I should interview Sunny after Nats, get her take on it, talk about curse period. And you freaking finished second. Like it worked out so well. <laughs> I'm glad I could help you out. No, you know, honestly, what you and what, what Bill has done and all the people behind Wide Angle Podium this year in terms of promoting cyclocross just in general and also bringing it, you know, the ability to bring it to people who just don't know anything about the sport. I was able to take Bill Shankin's, you know, 10-minute videos and be like, look at what I did this weekend. And I could actually get their attention for 10 minutes. And they're like, that's pretty cool. Um, I had so many people, um, you know, get introduced to cyclocross this season just because of what, you know, he, he and you were doing. And then, um, you know, some of the stuff we were doing around St. Louis as well. So it was, um, it's, it's been really fun to actually see the base grow. And I think that's really the key for, uh, you know, American cyclocross going forward. Yeah, and I think it's um, I think it's a lot of fun for us because uh, many of us are actually friends. Like Bill and I are, you know, have become friends really quick. So it's awesome to to see that and to see support from people like you. And I think it just makes it that much better because it's such a it's this ridiculously silly sport, but it's you know such a small community of awesome people, and that you know uh, I don't know that everyone's able to get along, be happy, and like you said, try to to promote it and get other people to. To watch. It's such a silly sport. Cyclocross is so silly. You just ran your bike through mud for 53 <laughs> On <minutes>. purpose. <laughs> On purpose. Why, why, yeah, are you, it was... why are you carrying such a nice bike? <laughs> why don't you ride it? No, and, and you know, when you and Bill, uh, you know, did your podcast in the media room, I think it was after Jingle Grass, that was hysterical. And I think also listening to it, I think people learn a lot too just about the sport in general and how to promote it better. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Well, let's, let's chat again. Uh, this was super fun. Um, I, like I said, I think, uh, I don't know, just the positive attitude uh, that you bring to cross and, I'm always really excited to see you at races because you just seem to enjoy it so much, <laughs> no matter how, how hard it is. And you're very easy to find at races. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have like, I have a red Wisconsin winter hat and uh -huh. I have a red Wisconsin summer hat. And so like, no matter what, usually you said, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. It's been it's been a blast, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on TV over in Europe. Oh yeah, I'll try to get a cameo or two. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, bye, Sunny. Thank you again to Sunny Gilbert for taking the time to chat with me. Hopefully by this point, uh, she's gotten all of the Louisville mud out of her clothing and equipment. All of our cyclocross coverage is available at cxmagazine.com, and music for this episode is from Loyalty Freak Music. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope everyone has a great new year.